Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. And you ought to give God some praise if you believe that this morning, if you truly believe that. Amen. Amen. I'm very excited about this uh, new sermon series as we open up this new sermon series, The Process the process, who I am and who I want to be. This I have to say that this sermon series is near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, when I heard it and really just, you know, really, really hit home uh, for me personally, you know, uh, and I believe it's going to do that for a lot of us as well, you know, for all of us, uh, as we're all going through a process you know, and that process can be seen, that process is felt, that process uh, is sometimes painful, that process is uncomfortable, uh, that process sometimes feels very challenging, you know, um, and that process is the transformation of who, from who I am to who I want to be, to who God has called me to be, um, to who I need to be, and it's very, very important that we understand this process. So, uh, this morning, I am very, very, very excited um, about this word. I'm very, very, very excited about this sermon series. I'm really looking to dig in uh, to break free from some things in my own personal life uh, to really move forward in this process. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So come on, let's grab your Bibles, grab your devices, uh, gather together and let's get into the word as we begin to talk about this process. Amen. As we begin to talk about this, our base scripture is actually going to be coming from Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. Amen. And it reads, he brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And this, this, this particular scripture uh, kind of, you know, really speaks to where we are at. Because even as we're talking about this process, this, this, uh, this place where many of us are, you know, some of us feel very stuck. Um, and it's this time during this sermon series, I want to really challenge you to take a real, real hard look at where you're at in your spiritual walk, where you're at in the, in the development of who you are, and the call of God is on your life, and everything, all the different hats that we just began, as we just ended talking about the mashup, and as we talked about all these different things that we're carrying, doing, and looking to do, you know, it's very, very important that we look at and, and that we begin to see that there's some places in our life that we are frustrated because we feel stuck. We, we feel like, oh my God, I can't seem to get out of this pit. I can't seem to get out of this miry, this muddy place. Like my, my feet, I don't seem to be able to move forward at the pace I want to move forward at. I don't seem to be, I, I seem to be stuck in this one little space where the same things are happening. I'm getting the same results. My life looks the same. Though there are changes, it just does not ever really come to the full, fullness of what I know God has said about my life, and that can be frustrating, especially when you know, you know, it's you know exactly what you're supposed to do or who you are. You know, for so so for some of us, you know, you know exactly who you are. You know exactly what God wants you to do. You know all these different hats you're supposed to fulfill, 
And sometimes we feel like we're in a pit because I know who I am, but I can't seem to be that person. I can't seem to rise up out of this place to get my feet out of this place where I've been walking out of this muddy place to, to get upon a stable place, a rock as we know our rock is of Lord Jesus Christ, that my goings may be established, that I can have progress, you know, that in the midst of my process, that I can have some progress. And, you know, one of the things is that even if you don't know who you are, you know, uh, it can be, it's even more frustrating because you're trying to figure out who you are and then figure out what you need to do. And then, you know, you're just trying to just, okay, God, what, what is it that needs to come together in my life? And you feel like you're almost stuck. Like, you know, I, I'm doing certain things, but it's not really fulfilling me in my life. I know it's not the fullness of who I'm supposed to be. And I have to come up out of this place. And I've tried to come out so many different times and I've not been able to stay out. Or maybe I came out and somebody helped me out. And, I got on the rock, but somehow I slipped off the rock and slipped right back into the pit, slipped right back into this, 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 this mushy place, this soft place, this, this lukewarm place, this place where it's, it's not stable. It's not stable. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not something that, you know, it, it has stability for me. You know, I always feel like I'm trying to catch my footing, I'm trying to find, you know, keep my balance. I never feel like I'm able to move forward at the pace that I need to move to be able to even catch the things that I believe God is saying. God may be saying some things to you, speaking some things God has said, you know, some things to us, have spoken some things, and we're trying to catch up with those words, and we're trying to understand how these words begin to fit in our lives. And it can be not only frustrating, but it can be very, very daunting when you begin to look at your life and say, God, how is it that you're saying this about me, uh, but I don't, nothing in my life matches that? How is it that you're saying this about me? And, and maybe some things, you know, I know, I understand, I can sense that on the inside, but I can't seem to get that treasure, that hidden treasure that Prophets was talking about last Last Sunday, I can't seem to get, I can't seem to un unveil this treasure. I can't seem to uncover this treasure. I can't seem to share this treasure with other people, you know, uh, even with myself, you know. And, and, and so, you know, during this sermon series, I really want to challenge you, take a hard look, meaning you got to look at yourself in ways that you may have not looked at yourself in a while. You got to say, God, show me really for real where I'm at. Show me what I'm really dealing with. Show me, am I waiting on you or am I holding up the process? Show me, am I, am I, am I in a place of patience where I'm waiting on the Lord and I'm anticipating him or am I, or, or am I stuck? Am I stuck in this place? Have I found myself to be stuck and now I've gotten comfortable, uh, uncomfortable, comfortable stuck? Meaning I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable where I'm at, but I'm too comfortable to change from where I'm at, you know? You know, so this morning, you know, we're probably going to be going over a lot of different characters and a lot of different instances because we understand that the people of God, we get stuck. We see this even in scripture. So we're going to go over to the book of Acts um, and we're going to talk about just a little picture into Paul's life, uh, into his ministry. And we're just going to read the first scripture, and then we're going to kind of got a little ways to go. 
Amen. <laughs> Got a little ways to go. So we're going to read the first scripture and read a little bit of history. And then we're going to go from there. Amen. So, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. So we, we're picking up here where Paul, you know, at the beginning of this chapter has, you know, met Timothy uh, in Lystra and they begin to, you know, he circumcises, he circumcises Timothy. Timothy pretty much begins to go into the ministry with him. They go and, you know, uh, hand out some decrees and begin to establish some the churches that were already in place and begin to strengthen them and affirm them, you know, in some places and they set sail to a different place of Asia. And the Bible talks about, uh, talks about them being forbidden to go. And what we're going to be talking about today is breaking free, breaking free, breaking free. You know, so, you know, I want I want you to keep that in your heart and your mind, your spirit. Amen. You know, we're going to be referencing that today. All right. Amen. So as as they're going to this one place and, you know, it, it talks about the Bible. The Bible says that Holy Spirit forbid them to go to this place. So we see the spirit of God constraining them you know, really just holding them back or really forbidding them from going to this particular place to go do a good thing, to go and share the gospel. And it really gives us a window that God has a purpose and he has time in which he wants to do different things or put us in certain places that sometimes that we don't always know, but if we're sensitive enough, and sometimes God will make it very, very blatant, like, hey, you don't supposed to do this. You know, you, this is not the way you need to go. Uh, but sometimes we need to be sensitive to understand, okay, the spirit of God is saying no. He shut the door. The door is not open there. You can't go there. I'm not moving there. The, the gospel is not going to be fruitful there. But there is a place where I want you to go. And Paul begins to have this vision of a man in Macedonia later on. And as he says, okay, now they gathered that, you know, from this vision. The, the man says, come and help us. So they gathered that, hey, we're supposed to go that way, right? So, we, you know, we thank God for the clarity, giving clarity. Okay, God, where are we supposed to go? Which way do we supposed to go? And God gave them clarity. Hey, come to Macedonia. So they come to Macedonia and they come out and they begin to go to this place that, you know, was pretty much kind of almost like an open amphitheater that was not kind of not being used. It was a place to where they, you know, kind of met, people met, and they would go and pray and do different things. So Paul comes with this gospel, begins to share the gospel with the people, and Lydia, seller of purple, and I'm just giving you the history coming all the way up to verse 16. Uh, Lydia, seller of purple, begins to hear she was already a believer. She already believed the Lord. She believed on the Lord, and, but she began to take on uh, the Apostle Paul, some of his doctrine, the things that he began to teach her, and then they baptized her and her family. So after they baptized her and her family, the Bible says she constrained them. <laughs> she constrained them to stay with her, you know, pretty much by entreaties. She pretty much was just like, hey, you know, please, you know, come and stay with me. Um, you know, this is what I give you. I'll take care of you. You know, we'll make you comfortable. You know, you need to stay here for a little while. So, you know, they, 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 gave in to this constraint. This was a good constraint. And we understand that everything we don't need to break free from. Sometimes the enemy will begin to cause us to think that, that I need to break free from everything, that I, I'm not free if, 
if there are no's or if there is if there are relationships that causes me to be attached maybe even kind of sometimes maybe even change my plans or change my direction that maybe i'm not free or if the lord tells me no that i'm not free you know and, and that's not necessarily true that you know that is freedom freedom with boundaries you know and this is sometimes what god is trying to get us to understand is that the freedom is walking with him the freedom is following him he keeps us in a free place amen but you know certain relationships sometimes can constrain us so sometimes the relationships that we have in our life is very important to be able to help us to be who we are to actually help us go through the process and to fulfill those things that god has called us to do you know because it's, it's, it's in this place now he has a place to stay him and his ministry team, they have a place to stay. And now we pick it up here and pretty much they were going to go pray, you know? Uh, and as they were going to go pray, as they probably did uh, on a daily basis, they would go and pray, go and read the prophets and begin to discuss some of the things, you know, as far as the gospel and the word of God and the prophets and the law. And he began to break down a lot of things to, to bring an understanding to a people so they would understand the fullness of the gospel, the picture of the gospel, so they could believe easier, so they could believe and know what they believe. Amen. So when it came to pass, they went to prayer. They went to prayer. And a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. So we see this, that they're just doing what they're supposed to do. And I want to kind of talk to the people who this morning, you know, whether you know who you're called to be, because we're talking about Paul here. We understand that Paul, it was made very clear to him. I have called you to go to the Gentiles and you will suffer for this gospel. God did not break any, he did not pull any, uh, uh, you know, uh, pull any uh, punches as far as telling him exactly uh, that this is going to be painful, that this is not going to be comfortable, that you are going to suffer for this gospel. You know, so and God had to trust him to still say yes, that his yes was just that fervent and solid, that, that his yes was just that serious when he came to God, that, that God could tell him, look, you're going to go through. I don't want you to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, deceived. I don't want you to, under, you know, to think that you're not going to have to face a lot of challenges, that suffering is going to be a mark of your ministry. And as we begin to talk about this place, sometimes that we are stuck at, many times it's because some of us, we know what we're facing. You know the call on your life. You know who you're supposed to be. And, and, and as we go through this particular story, we'll begin to see that as he began to just be who he was, that it brought trouble. It brought trouble to him. You know, Paul, he, he, he brought trouble, just kind of followed him to a certain extent for him doing things that he just supposed to do, that he was called to do. And we have a problem at times when, and when, when we're doing what we're supposed to do, it brings us trouble. We don't like that. We don't like that. I don't know about you. I don't like it. And I, I, won't, I, I think that if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, that somehow or another that I'm supposed to have some peace, that things supposed to get better. Not that it's supposed to be trouble. Amen. So this, this woman, she begins to come with this spirit 
of divination. Now, this spirit, and I'm going to kind of talk about this, uh, you know, this, this spirit of divination is talking about the word divination there is pythos, meaning it's a spirit of python. It was a spirit of python. And I don't want to go too deep into all of this, but I, I think that some of the things that we see from the characteristics of this spirit, that we'll begin to see that this spirit sometimes has been in operation in some of our lives, uh, you know, because we see it attacking the prayer life, attacking uh, them going to go pray, you know, attacking the communication with God, but it was a subtle attack. I'll give you an description. In verse 17, it says that the same follow, follow Paul and us and, and us and cry, saying, These men are the servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. So this spirit begins to speak the truth. This is where we, whether if we want to call it the conundrum or the, the place that is very, very difficult for us to deal with is when the devil presents you with the truth. When the devil comes and say, if you are who you are, or the devil says, yes, you are that. When the devil identifies you and begins to, but you know it's something behind them trying to identify you, it's a distraction. It's more of a mockery. It's not, it's not a, a, a giving of honor or acknowledgement or beginning to try to boost you up. You know how sometimes, sometimes a family member or somebody, an old friend, somebody like that, you know, I, you know, if you go back when you first got saved, they were like, oh, they don't do what they used to do no more. They don't, they don't. And it's almost like a mocking to try to make you kind of second guess what you're doing, a mocking to make, make you second guess who you're supposed to be and what your purpose is. Amen? So this spirit of Python has certain characteristics that we're going to see. That it, and when you begin to see this, because there are certain spirits that are named in the Bible and there's some spirits that's not named. Uh, and this is one of the spirits that is named. And for some of us, we have to begin to come to another level of understanding and another level of preparation for the things that we're facing, to understand what we're facing, to understand what we're trying to do so we can not run away from those things that we don't understand. Amen? This spirit began to confront them, taunt them, deal with them. This spirit is a principality. It's not just a demon, as we see that this spirit had a hold on really the whole town to a certain extent. You know, it had it had it had a control over a lot of different areas, and you know, it really was bringing the uh, people a lot of gain in the area. Amen. So this subtle resistance that he was dealing with, disguising you know itself and, and bringing distractions, is a lot of times what we deal with. It is a subtle resistance from the enemy that comes to say, you are who you are, but look at your life. You are who you are, but you're not effective. You are who you are, but you'll never be who you really supposed to be. You, 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 this is your purpose, but you'll never really fully walk in the fullness of your purpose because I'm here to just distract you. And for some of us, this is where the enemy comes to try to even torment some of us by saying, you, yeah, you, yeah, you're that, but look at you. Yeah, you're that, but you're stuck. 
Yeah, you that, but I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you like I stopped you last time. I'm going to hinder you like I hindered you last time. They were just doing what they usually do, going to prayer. And this is where some, you know, some of we have a problem because we're just like, God, I was just trying to do what I supposed to do. I was just trying to obey. I, was, I wasn't even trying to confront the devil, but the devil came and found you. The devil came and, and, and came after you. And, and some of it, because you don't know who you are, sometimes we begin to say, well, why is that? Why, why, why does this stuff happen to me? Why does this? Because you're still confused about who you are. You're still confused about your, the identification of who you are. This demon understood who they were. This demon understood what they carried. This demon understood their purpose. This demon understood their potential. This demon understood the power that they carried, the influence that they carried. This demon understood the authority that they carried. This demon understood those things. And instead of just coming straight out, because a lot of times the devil don't come straight out and just, you know, really just confront you. That's not what he does all the time. Many times, most of the time, he's coming subtly, just like a serpent, just like a python. She was, she was a, she pretty much was a fortune teller. She was a teller of, of the future, telling, uh, you know, using omens and all these different things. You know how some of us, you know, you still believe that your horoscope defines you. <laughs> your horoscope does not define you. Amen. The word of God defines you. You still believe that, that you know, there's some kind of another, there's certain things that you, maybe you can go to somebody they can see, and maybe you can go and take, you know, you, you go to somebody that kind of has, insight but that insight is not from the place of light the insight is not from the place of the word they just got insight but you're wondering why why do they have this insight where do they know this stuff but and but then you wonder why the you know the insight you get from them releases more trouble into your life or releases other things into your life their wisdom is not grounded in the word the wisdom is not grounded in righteousness or holiness their wisdom is of earth or it's of central and demonic origin because not every psychic is off. Not every psychic it, it can't see. Some of them can. But the, it's from the origin from what they see. That's why where you get your information is very important to your purpose, to us being unstuck sometimes. Sometimes you got to break free from you just getting information from yourself. You, you just getting information just from you. You just getting information or just getting information from people that you feel like not going to really, you know, deal with you or tell you that you're wrong or tell you that something is not right or, or encourage you to do better or say, no, 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 you better than that. No, no. If we run from those things and not understanding we're giving ourselves place to stay in the same place. Because we won't deal with the hard things sometimes. We won't make those hard looks, have those hard conversations. We won't deal with the hard feelings that we have, these undercover things that we deal with on the inside there, that the enemy understands. Yes, you are who you are, but let me see if I can mess with you. Can I mess with you? Can I get you off? Can I get you distracted? Can I make you stay where you at, to stay in the pit, to stay and not make a change, to stay in the same pattern, to stay in the same cycle, to give up as soon as you say, hey, I'm going to go pray. But as soon as I pray, trouble came. As soon as I pray, 
God didn't show up, the devil did. Look at this. They're going to go pray. Who shows up? The devil. The devil shows up. See, sometimes this is what you have to understand. Because of who you are, when you begin to say certain things out of your mouth, when you begin to pray and begin to really, you know, when you get in that place, you ever wonder why you get into this place of, you know, when you're getting consistent and you're getting, and Prophet Richard began to talk about this uh, uh, last week, that, that the enemy comes with so many different things that just to get us off, just as soon as you're moving in the right direction and we're feeling pretty good about some stuff, something happened to your body, something happened to, you know, your child, something happened to your mother, something happened to this, to try to see if it can break us and pull us back into that place of called the pit. And for some of us, it is working. It, it has worked consistently through our walk, consistently through our lives. And this is what we need to begin to break free from. We got to break free from that thing that the enemy knows I can come and bring this and distract you from growing. I can come and bring this mindset. All I got to do is make you a creative situation, have somebody say something that begins to pull you back into that same emotion. Because just think about it. For some of us, you don't want to hear your call. You don't want the devil to say it or nobody else. You don't want no, you don't want to hear it. It's, it's almost like it, 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 it brings immediate pressure on you. I'm gonna just wave my hand. I'm gonna wave my hand. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I don't want to, I don't want God to talk talk to me sometimes about the things that he expects from me. Because it brings so much of a pressure and a weight that I feel like, uh, God, how or why? How? I don't see how you're going to do this. I don't see. And why are you picking me? You know what's going on with me. That, that pressure, I usually don't do good with that. So this, 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 this spirit begins to come. And begin to just say certain things, putting the slight love pressure, slight distractions, just enough to try to put something in your mind while you go pray so I can't focus during my prayer. Just enough to cause me to be less fruitful. You know, see, the enemy is very subtle. He's not trying to make big, you know, uh, always trying to make a, a big effect. He, he likes small effects over a course of time so that you get accustomed to it because he understands the human nature. You get accustomed to a certain thing. It's hard for us to break certain habits and feelings, emotions, and mindsets. So he begins to just certain, just certain little small things. Amen? So let's go to the next scripture. Let's go to the next scripture. So what did this say? She said she did this many days, meaning the devil don't just come one time. She did this many days, coming to mock them, coming to, you know, to confront them, you know, coming to really, you know, just deal with them to a certain extent, you know, coming to distract them, coming to bring a little extra, you know, pressure on them. But Paul, Paul, he said, look, being grieved, turn and said to the spirit, not to the woman. See, it's that moment when you got spiritual. 
Yeah, for some of us, it's that moment when you got spiritual. When you got spiritual and you said, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and, and, and then it worked. I mean, you got spiritual and it worked, meaning there was an effect, something happened, and, and, and things began to change. As soon as you got spiritual, it's almost seemed like this is when the floodgates begin to open. When you say, okay, God, I'm going to accept your will. I'm going to do this. I'm about to rise up in my authority. I'm about to do, I'm about to, you know, really, I'm going to really pray. I'm going to really, you know, hold on to what you said, God. I'm going to really begin. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stand on my faith. I'm going to be strengthened by the word. I'm going to encourage others. I'm going I'm to go all the way in. I'm not going to hold back when you begin to try to break free. And, and, and move forward in your process of, be, of, of, of really realizing who you are. Because for some of us, you, you, you know you're more than what your life looks like, and it's frustrating. You know, you, you, you know that there's supposed to be more fruit, but you understand the price of the, of the, of the fruit that you got to bear, that you don't always want to bear that price. You don't always want to pay that price to bear that kind of fruit in your life. You know the purpose on your life. You know who you are. You know why people kind of react the way they do around you. But for some of you, you don't know. You're confused. You have a you 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 have a, a, a you don't understand why you make enemies that you don't talk to. <laughs> that people like you and never and don't know you. Or people don't like you and don't know you. You don't understand the favor and what that favor, the warfare that that favor brings. You don't understand why people just get turned off by you because you don't understand who you are. You don't understand the level of authority that is actually upon your life. But things, the spiritual realm around you does. People around you do that they understand, they understand. That's why they just, they are, there's an effect. There's things that just begin to happen, but then we don't like to just deal with, okay, this is, this is because of who I am. This world is not supposed to accept you. This world is not supposed to make, make friends with you. And to a certain extent, the deeper we go in God, and this is why some of us don't want to go that deep, we don't want to go too deep because we understand that going deeper means it's going to cause some turmoil. It's going to cause people, for people not to understand me and for people to think that I'm a certain kind of way and for people to say certain things about me. And, and then I have to wait on the Lord to vindicate me and wait on the Lord to make me look like that, that the way that he said he want me. To, we don't want to do that. So we're in, we, we are we are being held by, constrained by the fear of the price that it's going to take to be able to walk in who we really are. For some of us, that's our pit. That's our pit. If you really take a long, hard look, the devil has whipped some of us with fear. He got us trained. God began to show me, he said, it's almost like a choker chain on a dog. That's what some of us are like. It's like, once you go far enough, the devil's like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. 
And he began to cut off your air. This is what this spirit begins to do. Cut off the air. We understand the nature of a python snake is to cut off the airflow. It's to cut off the being able to breathe. But that's, that's not even how the person dies when they're attacked by this. They, are, they, are, they die from not asphyxiation, meaning strangulation. They're not dying from just suffocation but they are dying from cardiac arrest because every time you inhale, and that's what some of us are, every time we, okay, I'm going to do this, he tightens his grip. <laughs> he tightens his grip. Every time you say, oh, I'm about to rise up, he tightens his grip. Every time you say, mm -mm, no, I, I, I have to do this, he tightens his grip. He begins to try to squeeze the blood flow and cut off the blood flow. So some of the characteristics of when you know this particular spirit is in your life or is trying to uh, attack you, and I'm not saying that everything, you, you know, if you, some of these things just discipline, right, for some of us. Some of these things just lack of discipline. But if you really understand, like, okay, I'm really, really trying, like, for real, like, and I just can't seem to break free. Like, this is not even the life I want. I don't even want to think like this about my life. I don't even want to believe this about me. I don't want to be this fearful about what's going on. You know, I don't want to. I actually don't want to be this way. If it's going against your will, then you know that another will is being imposed upon you. Someone else's plans. And if you begin to try to discount yourself just because you're not teaching or you're not preaching or you're not this, if you a mother, grandmother, a father, a grandfather, a son, a daughter, if you name the name of Christ, the devil does not want you to grow. Plain and simple. He does not want you to be effective in your circle, in any circle that you have. He doesn't, he wants to think, he wants you to think that you cannot do this, that you cannot be successful. He wants you to just shut up. Don't say anything about Jesus. Because that's what this, this, this constant many days, it's almost like, what's, you know, you know, some of us, you had that one conversation and your spouse like, well, it seems like you put the church before everybody else. It's almost like it's a subtle seduction. It's a subtle seduction to try to turn your heart against, against the word or against the church or against that which God has put in your life, ministry, when it ain't even about a church because you call to the church, meaning the body of Christ. So you're always going to be doing what you're doing. So it's not even about the church that you go to. We in this body for each other. But it's those little things. Just keep on saying. Just keep on saying. And it grieves you. It grieves you. You just keep on keep on saying the same thing. Just keep on, you know, well, it just seemed like to me that you just, you know, you'll do anything for them. It just seemed like to me that you just, yeah, it seemed like to you. But what other what influence are you speaking of? What influence is this? Just because it's not outright, and people we have conversations with people, and because they don't say anything outright defiant, outright anti-Christ, outright 
we'll believe that, you know, oh, that, that conversation, you know, that's just how they think. That's just not understanding why this person keep on telling you the same thing. You've already made your point. I've made my decision. So we have to come to a place whether we either going to move on or, you know, this is the way it's going to be. We got to come to a place of compromise because this is what it is. Not unless you're trying to impose your will on me. I know I got a long way to go. Amen. So some of the some of the characteristics of this is, uh, you know, it puts pressure on you. And we just talked, think what, two months about pretty much this pressure, this pressure that it brings. Uh, and, and this is like a subtle pressure that she was bringing on them, you know, um, to go pray. Maybe I don't want to go to that. I don't want to deal with that lady coming out there, you know, I'm going to go a different way. You know, that's how some of us would have been, right? I'm going to go a different way. Man, I don't even want to deal with that lady coming out there talking about I'm done. You know, because we don't want people to say who we are in front of folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't like that. We don't like to be who we are everywhere. We want to be who we want this. Sometimes we want this just to be a vocation instead of an identity. Don't, don't, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister, I'm not a leader, I'm not a believer everywhere. Not everywhere. But at minimum, we are all believers everywhere. You may not be functioning in a calling or office everywhere, but that is who you are. You can't lay that down. That's a part of what, what you fulfill, and you never know who you're talking to. or why you're talking to them, or why you cross paths with them. We're all believers, amen? So they put he puts pressure on the heart, cutting off the air and the blood flow. And, and some of the characteristics of this is uh, uh, you become lukewarm, meaning you lose a passion for Christ. And this results in a level of prayerlessness and the feelings of hopelessness. And then your worship gets weak. You begin to start getting weary overwhelmed, feeling helpless. It puts pressure on your identity because this is what he's trying to get you to detach from, is your identity. Slowly. Because you know a python don't kill you real quick. But they can swallow you up. Right? So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. When we go, after he cast the spirit out, you know, let's see what happens. <clears throat> let's go to the next scripture. So when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and into the rulers. The next scripture. We're going to read down uh, probably, well, we'll read down. I'll let you know. And brought them to the magistrate saying, these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Set and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to uh, observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded them to be to beat them. Look at this. And this is what happens for some of and, and this is what has happened probably for all of us on the phone, for all of us on this call. It's some sort of capacity. As soon as you say, I am going to change or I'm going to confront those things that are that are holding me back and I'm going to deal with them speak to them and I and, 
and for me, this is why this is kind of near and dear to my heart because as a matter of God began to call me, ask me to speak, you know, saying he needed me to speak, I said, okay, awesome. You know, I kind of was already dealing with some stuff that the Lord was dealing with me about. And I began to tell him last night, like, you know, the Lord told me, like, the devil made you shut up. The devil shut you up. Because when you begin to decree, and this was just like a few weeks ago, uh, I began to decree, getting up in the morning, I was getting up, just, you know, I'm going to stay up the five o'clock prayer, I'm going to decree over my family, I'm going to speak the word, I'm going to speak those things that I, that I desire truly in faith, and I began to decree, and it was like, okay, me and my wife been okay, and our relationship or our communication started getting strained, and I was like, I know what this is, like, but it's just been such a little while since I've had to deal with this, like, it kind of just caught me off guard, like, and we both kind of was like, well, you know, what is going on? Like, it just seemed like something is trying to be in operation where we ain't been like this. So, you know, we kind of just dealt with that kind of quickly, like, okay, let's, 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 you know, let's kill that. You know, we're not going to let that, we're not going back into that, right? So then, you know, some stuff started happening with my children. Some stuff started, and then I started feeling all this pressure, just, I mean, just immense amount of pressure, just feeling like hopeless, feeling like stuff just not going to be right, you know, just things are not going to come together. And I understand, you know, the fight of faith, but this was, it just caught me off guard. It just caught me off guard. Usually I'm, I believe maybe my guard was down. Maybe that's what it was. You know, I just wasn't expecting for it to come so quickly, right? Maybe a little bit of gradual, you know, I got to fight through this day. And I gotta, it seemed like every day, it was like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay, what in the world is going on? And then, you know, some people don't know, you know, I was sitting uh, sitting uh, in, my, in my chair in my little office space. It's right by a window. Somebody out of the blue, kicks in my window while I'm sitting right there. This affected me through everything off that I was looking to do. It has taken me weeks to get back. But part of that is, it's almost like that was used to shut me up. Because I'm like, okay, hold on. You know, this, like, this has never happened. This, I don't know. It put me on such a defense. It put me in my mindset in such another place. That I don't know, okay, is somebody coming back, my family say, this, 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 that, this, you know, it, it, and it put me in such an angry place, angry that I was dealing with, like, dealing with such a level of anger, because I wanted to get somebody, I wanted to find who it was, you know, I wanted to exact revenge on them for disturbing my house, disturbing my family like you know, um, and I had to go through some stuff. I had to actually forgive the person that I didn't know because they didn't come in. That's where my mindset was. So it was like this backlash of just stuff just started. But I was so excited about, you know, we about to write the book, me and Pastor Lincoln, Elvis McKinney, we about to work on the book, we about to do this, we about to do that. You know, I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be. I know what role I'm supposed to have. I know, you know, what I need to do and all this, and all that kind of stuff, right? And it just threw me. It threw me. And I had to be honest, and I said, God, well, I had to be honest after God was honest with me. Let me just be real, because I, I really was just like, I don't want to go do none of this stuff no more. I'm just, I'm just focus on some other things. I'm do what I do. The Lord had to make me, you know, you go upstairs, and you go speak what you were speaking before. And I just begin to speak and just begin to speak and just begin to speak. 
And I knew that what I was speaking before caused a lot of this reaction. I understood that. I understood, okay, I confronted something. I'm, I'm confronting some things and they are fighting me back because they don't want to relinquish the control they have over these things that I'm speaking to. This is why sometimes your child will get upset, you know, your child will get attacked, stuff like that. All these different things just begin to start happening around us because the enemy is trying to do, to, to, to force us into a submission of control, controlling us, to make us fearful that if I do and be who I'm supposed to be, I don't know what it's going to cost, not just me, but the people around me. Let me just be honest. Those are the fears that I had to really deal with. You know, that, okay, God, what, what is really happening? You know, what, where did I mess up? What, what, you know, what's really going on? And there was, there was, it caused a certain level of fear along with that anger to, to, for me to have to try to really, really fight off. And I still have to fight. I still have to fight. So it, 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 it's the things that the enemy does after we are effective sometimes. It's after you get at, you finally get at peace with your child. You finally, you know, at peace with your wife, with your husband, you know, with your in-laws, with your parents and, you know, stuff like that. And, and it seems like some other area just begins to go absolutely crazy. And it's like, okay, God, what in the world is going on? And it begins to try to throw everything off. So we see this now. After he cast out one devil, one devil, one demon, they are brought before the magistrates, falsely accused, <laughs> physically attacked. And then when we begin to read down, we're going to see they've been put into bondage. So this is what happens to some of us. We okay. Soon as you rose up to try to break free, and oh God, I'm gonna do it. The devil said, mm -mm, "Go ahead and try." As soon as you make, uh, uh, as soon as you attack my kingdom, I got you. I'm, I'm gonna cause people to lie on you. I'm gonna cause people, and that's what some of we have changed the way we deal with people because of those attacks. We've changed the way we've done ministry. Not and all of it has not been wisdom. Some of it has been, I don't want to even open the door for that attack to come again. I don't want that anymore because of how it felt and what it brought to us and what, what we had to deal with and the fear of feeling that pain. Because look at this, he got beat for going to go pray. Let's, let's just be honest. Like, and let's, let's, let's look at the simplicity of this. He was going to go pray. He cast out a devil. Now they are getting beat. They're getting beat by people around them. But in this city, where I, I didn't have no trouble. I was chilling with Lydia at her house. She was feeding us good. We was going to go pray, talking about the word. People, you know, a few people getting saved day by day. You know, they understand it. Like the ministry is effective, but this devil had to come. And now when I deal with the devil, now I said, mm, you know, get out of here. Now I rise up in the spirit. I understand who I am. Now when I, let me just bring that down to, to where now that you finally get consistent in prayer, now that you finally just, I'm going to get in the word. Now that you say, I'm going to fulfill destiny. I'm going to fulfill 
ministry on my life. I'm going to fulfill the purpose of who I am. You know, and that might, and when I say ministry, I'm not just talking about what you do in the church. Please hear me. I'm talking about you being a believer and, and being able to carry the gospel and being able to be effective at actually communicating the gospel to other people and being able to be, you know, live a life that is effective, that, that, that causes influence in other people's lives. That's what I'm talking about. That's ministry. We've all been called to the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. But we live lives that have been trained by the devil to say, don't, don't, don't come up to, but so far. Mm-mm. Come on back. You're going too far. No, no, we're not getting that. No, don't be that bold, because then you may just convince somebody else. See, this is the hard look. This is the hard look. The hard look is I want to stay inside this box that is acceptable to everybody. The hard look is I don't want to say things that's going to be uh, uh, offensive to folks. That when I know, when I'm being who I know I'm supposed to be, people get mad. Yes, they get mad, they get upset. And sometimes I know it's not the people, I know it's the demons in them, but I don't even really want to cast them demons out either. I don't want to do that work, God. I don't want the backlash that comes from doing deliverance ministry, the physical exercise, the physical strain that it takes to do that, the spiritual strength that it takes to be able to be consistent in doing that. I don't want that. You know, you, you got battle scars. And as I begin to look at this guy, I said, he got said, look, these are the wounds of righteousness. <laughs> Lord, oh, Lord, 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 Lord. So these are the wounds that he got for doing what was right. Jesus. Come on, let's look at Jesus. He said, what do you say to Thomas? Put your finger in my, in my wrist. Put your hand in my side. See, that is me. These were the wounds of righteousness. The wounds that, that, that come from doing what's right. Not this Christianity that says, oh, if you just believe the Lord and God is going to give you peace all the time, God is gonna, and you ain't going to never have to fight. You're never going to have to come against anything. That the enemy is, does not have things set up to try to destroy your life. Come on. This powder puff Christianity. That's not, what, that's not what this really is. That's not even where we at right now. That's not what we deal with. And that's definitely not what's in this ministry. There ain't no powder puff Christianity here. Some things you got to deal with, and so we don't like having to be the person to confront stuff, to be the person to, to, to start stuff up, to be the person to keep stuff going, to be the person to have to correct folks, to be the person to be responsible for other folks, to be, to be the person to inspire people, to be the person to, to you know, to, uh, that, they, that, 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 that part of their purpose is locked up in us. We don't want that. We don't want that. I don't want to be that person. Why? Why you don't want that responsibility? Let's be honest. You don't want that responsibility because of the other things that the devil did to other people. They said, look, when you do this, this is what I'm going to do to you. When you try to be effective, this is what I'm going to do to you. You better stay in your place. You better stay in this box. 
You better not come out this yard. Yeah, he punking us. And that's what I, that's what I, I said, God, I just begin to cry. And he was like, the devil shut you up. He, he controlling you. See, you know, part of deliverance ministry is not just getting the devil out of you, it's getting the devil away from you. It's being able to go through what the devil is doing around you. It's not letting the devil have oppression on you or influence over you so he does not have leadership in your life. Or am I? <laughs> Amen? We don't like the backlash. We don't like it. And I'm not saying this, that there's no uh, adjustments that need to be made. Of course, there's adjustments and there's wisdom that we've learned through the things that we've done. And some things we did probably could have been done better. And I believe that we should take all those things into, consider into consideration. But what could Paul have done any different than what he did? In some situations, it is just, it is what it is. It is what it is. You dealt with it. I'm speaking to it. You don't like it because there's, you, there's something in you that don't like truth. Now, we got to discern whether that's just your heart or some other presence. I got to discern whether it's my heart or some other presence. When, the, when, the, when God is speaking the truth to me. Or when somebody, when God sent someone to speak the truth to me. Amen. So let's, let's read down. Lord Jesus. <laughs> so, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Let's read one more scripture. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And, and so he didn't just put them in prison. Because this is the end result of the attack. You was affected. And now the bondage has set in. And for some of us, you know how to deal with certain bondages. Well, I'm going to tell the truth about my flesh. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But there's some bondages that we are dealing with right now that some of us have not really, we don't know how to really describe it. It's, 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 it's complicated. It's multifaceted, and it's going to take a lot of talking or even a lot of hard looking within our life to see, okay, this is what is really going on, and this is how this operates in my life. And this is what this is how I get bound in this place. This is why I can't move. It's going to take getting deep into the word, not running away from information that you need or information that you're scared of. Why are you scared of information that's in the word? Why are you scared to know more, to know deeper? That's one of the ways that we understand that sometimes we're not ready for meat. It's because of the level of fear. We don't want to be responsible. We don't want what comes with knowing what we know. So he thrust them into the dungeon. That's pretty much where he put them. Put them in the dungeon. And that's where some of we feel like our life is. God, I feel like I'm living in a dungeon. Right here in this muck and miry place. 
I'm living in a dungeon and my feet are in stops. Look at this. This is what they look like. In the dungeon, probably a much, you know, harsher looking area. It's, 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 their feet are spread apart, ankles getting bruised. You can't move. You're restrained because you did what was right. The devil will try to come and use other people in your life to restrain you. Instead of two people, two believers trying to understand each other, we'll just dislike each other. We'll just, we'll just hold off against each other. Let the devil win because we don't care about him winning. Because if, if it means I got to come out of myself for him to lose, then nah, I ain't doing that. Feats and stocks. Don't understand why you can't move forward. And those two believers could be husband and wife. Those two believers could be uh, a child and son. I mean, uh, you know, I'm talking about child and parent. Because we got, we got, we got children that claim the Lord but don't don't seek Him. Children that say, "I want God," but really just want the world. and think they can have both. No, it's not so. Amen? So he charged, he took this charge. He said, look, I'm going to put y'all feet fast in stocks. So you, mm -mm. I don't want you going nowhere. I want you going nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. I want to keep you right where you at. During this series, will you make a decision of how you're going to respond? Because some of you feel, oh, I'm free. I'm free. You're not free because you're not progressing. I'm not free. I'm, just, I'm not free from all of my fears about my progression. I'm not free from whether I, the fear of whether I can do it, whether I want to. Whether my will being in line with, with his. I'm not free. Because I understand more than ever now the cost. More and more and more. Amen. So he put their feet fast in stocks. All this opposition come. Now you get attacked in your body. And now, you know, you're in this place of bondage. What do you do? Verse 25. Saying at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. So look at this. They're inside of, they're in the prison inside the prison. <laughs> they in double prison, maximum security. Feet fast and stops. Can't even be seen. What do they do? They start singing. They start singing praises unto God. And I know Mary, Mary made it real. You know, 
made it real, real popular. Take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I'm going to pray. But let's just be real and let's just be honest. Where is your praise at? How much song do you really have in you? How much song, how much praise right now is in you to match your situation? Is it a distress praise? Because when, when I begin to look at this, I don't think Paul and Silas was praising knowing what was going to happen. They was praising because their yes did not change, even with everything they went through. Oh, this was difficult. This was difficult. This was difficult for me to see this. Like, you know, many times I'm like, you got to praise them, you know, and I would just put the next two scriptures together and all this other stuff. I said, God, uh, it, their mindset probably wasn't going to be like mine because they're in physical pain, locked up in a dirty prison, bleeding, bleeding. But where was that? But this did not affect their praise. It did not affect their yes. That's really what it's taught. This, this, was, this praise was an expression of saying, God, you still work. God, I still look to you. God, you are still the one that has all this under control. God, I still trust you. God, I guess I'm struggling, I'm in pain, I'm, 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 I'm hurting, all these different things, but my praise is not going to change. But let's look at ourselves. Has your praise changed? Has the situation changed your praise? Has COVID-19 changed your praise? Has, 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 has your money situation, household situation Whatever that thing is, whatever that choke chain is that the enemy is using, whatever that whip is that he tries to use, it does, that has it affected your praise? I can say it's affected mine. Let me be real. I can say it's affected mine. And I begin to say, God, I got to come back to you for real, for real. For real, for real. Because I know what I'm supposed to give you. And you ain't getting it. Not right now. They begin to sing praises to God. Sing praises. They begin to sing so loud that the other prisoners can hear them. Meaning they didn't let the situation quiet them down. They responded more boldly to say, no, I'm still going to praise him. You thought this was going to shut me up. You thought this was going to stop me. You thought that this cycle, me being in this pit, me being in this place, that this was going to discourage me to the point that my, my purpose and who I am was going to go to the grave, but it's not. I'm not going to die with this not coming to full fruition. My life will not end this way. I am going to praise God. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him with my mouth. I'm going to praise him with no music. I'm going to praise him with song. I'm going to praise him. Why? Because they understood, look, in this situation, when my praise is being expressed, 
the presence of God comes into the situation. The presence of God comes into the situation. So when I begin to sing and give praises to God, God begins to say, okay, I'm going to come on down to where you're at and see what's going on. How many times, see, some of you got to praise, but has your praise put an invitation to him yet? <laughs> oh, come on, come on. So some of you, you used to praise until you knew he was in the midst. You used to praise until you knew that he was upon you, until you knew that he was in, the, until he began to stir something in you, until you did feel a breaking free, a breaking free of what you were dealing with, a breaking free of getting past the emotions that were holding you back, a breaking free of the mindset that's trying to hold you down, a breaking free of the, of the fear that you're fighting. It is a praise that has to come out of our mouth. Hallelujah. It's a praise. It's a praise. It's a praise. It's a praise. They got to come out of your feet sometimes. You, sometimes you just got to go and go dance with no music just to say, I still got the victory in this situation. You're not going to hold me. You're not going to hold me, devil. You're not going to hold me. You're not going to shut me up. You're not going to stop my progression. You're not going to slow down my progression so I miss what God is doing. So I'm just late enough. So I'm just behind enough. So I'm just not getting there in time enough. So I just don't do it in time enough in order for things to really come to fruition. No, I'm going to be on track. I need to be on time. I can't stay in this prison. I got to be able to get up out of here. So I'm going to get my freedom through my praise. That's where I'm going to get my freedom through. Oh, come on, Minister Marcus. I thought about you during this, during this, the, the, the study in this scripture right here. The singing, the singing, the singing, the singing. There was such a time. Oh, I used to hear you sing and just express your praise to God. Making up songs on the fly. Just, just uh, come on and sing. You wasn't even, didn't, wasn't even planning to sing and begin to just go into a place and begin to minister. God said he missed that, man, about you. He missed that. He missed that just between you and him. And yeah, you're still making melody and you're still doing something. But God said that this, 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 this series is for you. This series is for all of us, but I want you to really, really dial in during this series because God want to bring you up out of some things, up out, up out of some things. But I encourage you, praise him, sing unto him. Sing unto him until you break and cry. Sing unto him until you come and, and begin to come and come up out of the place where you are at. Because God want to break cycles in the midst of this series right here. In the midst of this, we've been primed for two months, primed for two months, dealing with everything that we're dealing with. So now, okay, now you got the word to now make the decisions to say, Am I going to stand or not? Am I going to praise him or not? Am I going to keep on making excuses? Am I going to wait for somebody to put the drums on or put some kind of music? I don't need nothing. I need breakthrough. I need his presence. I need him to be in me. I need him. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I need him. I need him to do in me what I can't do on my own. I need him. I need him more than just on a Sunday and a Wednesday. I need him. 
I need his presence. I need not just his presence, I need his word. God has shown me so many places in my life where I drew back. I drew back and I said, God is too much. Some of the stuff that you, what I, what I sense coming, I don't, and I don't talk to nobody about it, hard on. <laughs> you know, talk to people. It's hard for me to put into words. But I know what I'm supposed to do. I know. Now, for those that you don't know, you know, understand, you, you are a believer. You have the ministry of reconciliation. You pose a stand for him. You pose a stand for him. Sing praises. Let your praise in this season bring you back to the word. Bring you back to his presence. Bring you back. Because see, some of us, you get on your faith and go to sleep. Come on, I done did it. You know, I, I want to worship. I want to do this. And, and, and then we can be so distracted. I got so many things to do. Guess what? I, right when I say, you know what? It's worth me staying up. It's worth me being tired. It's worth me drinking some tea to get some caffeine. It's worth me, it's worth me doing what? Because I, I have to have him and everything else that I'm doing. I can't cut off all this other stuff because you said I can't. So I got I got to manage all this. So I got to give myself more than what, what I want to. Sing unto him. Sing unto him. Give him praise. But still get in his word. Don't let it be just you just giving him praise. Get in his word. Listen to his word. Sing his word. Amen. So the prisoners heard them, come on, in verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So this is probably, this probably surprised Paul and Silas. Like, I wonder what's going on. You know, they got a little concert going on. They, they, they're, they're just trying to get through that situation. They're just like, you know, everything going to be all right. We're going to be fine. Yeah, we in pain, but the Lord is our strength and our helper. The Lord is our refuge and, and a very present help in the time of strength, in the time of trouble. The Lord, the Lord is the one that is our shelter, our strong tower. And, and, and so they, they begin to go to him. Not even understanding what they was about to do. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And I know I got to go. And I ain't trying to hold y'all. But the thing that has been designed to hold you. Oh, come on, come on, come on, Mike. The thing that has been designed to hold you. The thing that has been designed to hold you. Prison is designed to hold you in captivity. God said, that is what I'm going to deal with. I'm going to break the foundations of that thing, this thing. In the midst of this, this right here, this time, this series, this, this, this in the midst, God, I'm going to deal with the foundations. This is why the man of God was like, take a hard look. As he began to tell me about what this series, what God showed him, you're going to have to take a hard look because you, you got to look deep to see a foundation. You got to look deep to see what God, it, it, when he begins to go down and break up the foundation. Because for some of you, he's going to take you back through your family and show you why generations after generations keep on doing this. And generations after generations don't ever come up to another level. And they don't never fulfill purpose. And they go to the grave, never fulfilling what God has told them to do. They die rebellious. They die with unfinished work. 
They find something else that they're good at and then they stick with that instead of coming to this thing that's going to challenge every part of their being. Instead of walking this walk that's going to break down every, every self-reliance that they have on the inside. So the foundations of the prison was breaking, was shaking, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Look at this. This is what we... And since some of us, we got a problem with this. I get beat. I false accusation. So people lying on me, raising up against me. Folks don't like me and I don't know why. For all of this, what to happen is for other people's deliverance. Oh my God, my God, my God. You see, it's not just, just for you. And that's, that's, just, that's what we don't like because it's not that, he didn't get a new house after this. He didn't get a new uh, a camera, a new car, a new boat, you know what I'm saying? Some fresh tent making tools because we know he was a tent maker. It, this is not what he got. What he got was mass deliverance. That's what he got. He got deliverance that went all across people. He didn't even know their name. He didn't even know that they, was a, he, that they were going to be attached to him during this particular point in time. He went into a place of bondage to be able to get other people free. But for some of us, this is why, I'm going to just say me, I'm too selfish sometimes, I'm just too selfish. I don't want, I don't want God going through all of that just for other people to be able to get free. Oh my God, what about my life? But this is why I don't post, I don't post account of my life, right? <laughs> yeah, this is for me. This is for me. I said, God, God, you got to you got to do this in me. I, I I'm believing God. I need Him to go deep, deep in my heart, deep in my heart, because I I have to say yes. I have to mean this yes. I have to mean it. I can't go back on. I gotta say yes again. For some of you, you gotta say yes again. You got to say yes for real. You got to say a knowledgeable yes. Yes is going to hurt. Yes, it is. Yes is going to be uncomfortable. Yes, it is. Yes, people are going to lie on you, talk about you. Yes, they're going to bring up the past. Yes, they are. Yes, they're going to do that. Yes, they're going to deal. Yes, they're going to come against you. Yes, you're not going to be light. But in the midst of this, there's going to be so much celebration in heaven. And there's going to be celebration on earth for the people that are going to be connected to you because you did what you did, walk through what you walked through, and now you're able to see their deliverance along with your own as well. As you go through the rest of the story, and I'm going to have to summarize the rest, they were loose and didn't leave. <laughs> uh, they were loose and didn't leave. Why? Because it wasn't just about them. Because now the guard said, oh, I'm going to die. Uh, I'm going to have to kill myself because I failed. No, he said, mm -mm. no, you come on. Come on. And he said, well, what, what must I do to be saved? Now, now the guard getting saved. Now, but see, we want great moves, but we want low pain. Oh, my God. But we want greatness in our lives, but we, want, we don't want to feel the pain that we have felt before because that pain has us afraid. We don't want the failure. We don't want the pain that comes with when I come up short, when I mess something up, or when I'm, when I'm embarrassed. When, when, when I'm still learning something that, that maybe I don't know everything about it, and, and now, now it puts me in a place where I'm uncomfortable and I don't know everything. And I don't look like I have things together. But I know I'm believing God and he's bringing it all together. We don't want to be a gaze and stop. We don't want to be, you know, we want God to do it all and then we present it to everybody 
look at what look at what the Lord has done. Now come on, let me show you how to do the same thing. No, that's not how he does things. He said, I'm gonna do it in you and them at the same time. I'm gonna do it in you, do it for you, and they're gonna be a byproduct of what I'm doing for you. So you must do it. Because if you don't do it, what needs to happen in their life is not going to happen. These men still would have been locked up. That jealous still would have been, that, that security guard still would have been uh, 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 unsaved. He ended up cleaning their wounds, cleaning their wounds, and now next morning, what the magistrate said, oh, just let them go. And see, this is where you got to have some, and as you begin to read all the way down through the story, you got to understand who you're dealing with. And Paul said, no, 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 tell them to come down here and get me and walk me out. You beat me open. So you got to know how to deal with the devil. And this is something I've learned from apostles. And this is what he said. You got to know how to talk, talk to that devil. Deal with that devil. Don't back down from that devil. Don't, mm -mm. Don't be nice to the devil. I, sometimes I'm nice to the devil. I, I just want to be left alone like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, chill. Like, I ain't come for no trouble. I don't want all that. I don't want all that. But sometimes you just got to be, okay, when I accept who I am, I know I'm trouble. I'm trouble for you. So you're going to bring trouble to me. I'm, I'm, I'm trouble. You don't want to be looked at that you're trouble for the devil. You don't, you don't want to be like, oh, devil, they a threat when they own. We got to keep them off. We got to keep them off. Keep them off. But he said, no, tell them to come down because I didn't even tell them I was a Roman. I let them do everything to me and I didn't even defend myself. Meaning Paul had a way out. All he had to say was, I'm a Roman. When you really read this, you'll see, okay, wow. He must have really trusted God. He understood, okay, let the devil do what he's going to do. But when it comes down to it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the last word. He said, tell them to come down. And then they were afraid because they found out he was a Roman and they had did him wrong. They were afraid. Sometimes you got to say, mm -mm, devil, because you did this, we're going to make open shame. Because I'm already in scripture. The Bible already said in Christ, Christ already made open shame to you. Has openly defeated you. Just like you openly deceive creation, I'm going to openly defeat you. So now, devil, you're going to make open shame. So I got, no, my, my finances got to be super right. Why? Because I, I got to make open shame of what you did for the first 5, 10 years, 15 years of me and my wife being together. And not just my finances, no, my relationship got to be right. My, my, my prayer life got to be right. There's something these things got to be right because I've got to make open shame to the devil. Because it was open when I was going through what I was going through. And it was open when you was going through what you was going through. And, and he didn't hide it. He didn't try to. No, he wanted you to feel embarrassed. He wanted you to feel like nothing was coming together. You might feel like that right now. Right now, you might feel like that. Make open shame. Mm-mm. No, no, devil. Time is up. I know you said, oh, you know, you're going to let me go. No, no, I'm going to teach you. Don't come over here no more. Don't come. Instead of you teaching me, I'm going to teach you. 
with the power and the authority of Jesus Christ that my yes is not changing. Now we really have to do that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, we really, really, really have to do that. We really have to do that. So I want to encourage you today, and I hope that you can begin to break free out of this miry place, this, this, this place where you know we're in these cycles. But you can begin to break free. Break free from the restraints. Break free from the things that try to hold you back. See the subtle. And, and, and it may not happen overnight, but use what you got to use. I'm not changing my mind, devil. I'm not changing my mind. Life, I'm not changing my mind about who I believe. I'm not going to back up. And when you begin to see or you get surprise attacked or something like that, readjust. Get some help. I'm excited about this, this series. I'm really looking at in this year, going to next year, really allowing God to do in me first, not about doing things. There's some things that I absolutely need to do right now <laughs> that has been pending way too long. But there's some things I need him to do in me. Some things I just have to take to him as I take a hard look at myself. But yeah, I got faith, but I'm dealing with fear. Yeah, I understand certain things, but I'm not walking in the fullness of what I understand. I love people, but I could be way more fruitful. I can be way less selfish. Amen. <laughs>